You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the leading SEO, pay-per-click, social media, content marketing, and email marketing authorities come to share their secrets. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, OneClick Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, OneClick Lindsay, and today we have a very special guest, so get ready. His name is David Fortino, and he is the SVP of Audience and Product for Netline Corporation. Netline operates the largest B2B specific content syndication and lead generation platform on the web. David is responsible for the strategic direction and management of Netline's audience, publisher, and client-facing technologies, platform, and product development roadmap. Prior to Netline, David served as a director of audience and business development for Vertical Net. Now, I know I used a lot of words there, but David is a very knowledgeable guy, and he's going to tell us how he can help us generate more traffic and leads for our business. So, David, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Sure. So, tell me a little bit about Netline. I used a lot of big words there. (laughs) You obviously know what you're doing. So, can you kind of break it down for those of us who... Didn't put on our thinking caps today. Sure. So when we're talking about being the largest uh, B2B content syndication and lead gen platform on the web, what that can be broken down into is something somewhat simplistic in that we support the needs of typically um, mid-market to enterprise technology organizations, but we've recently broadened that to include small businesses, and I'll get to that in a moment, Um, and their various lead gen and demand generation needs. Um, as part of operating this platform, typically vendors are coming to us with any number of types of, of uh, more or less knowledge collateral, whether that's a white paper, an ebook, a case study, an analyst report, anything that would specifically be engaging and, and hopefully relevant to their target personas. And so how a vendor would work with us is that the most common use case is a company would come to us and say, we've got these four white papers written or this one ebook or, or a podcast. And we're really struggling to find adoption. And most importantly, we're struggling to find people to engage with that content and also provide enough information uh, through the request process so that it's valuable not only to marketing in terms of meeting perhaps exposure goals, but it's also important to their sales organizations because they have something to act upon. And so what happens is that content is first put into our platform and pre-campaign launch, we're looking at explicitly who the client is trying to, to reach in this specific case. And so it's quite common for any number of our clients to say that they're trying to reach a person with a certain job function, a certain job level, working at a certain company size and located within a certain geographic region. All of those attributes are then put in as what we would internally consider to be filters. Um, the filters are then algorithmically matching up against our various audience touch points and trying to find locations where people like that are apt to not only reside on the web, but most importantly, consume that content. And so long story short, once that matching process uh, takes place, the user is presented with the content, they fill out a form, all of that first party data is captured, filtered and fulfilled to our clients in the frequency and format of their choice. And then beyond that, you've got a happy user um, in that they're consuming the content that the client probably spent a good amount of time and money and energy creating. And the client um, has analytics around that specific exposure point. But most importantly, they've got the raw first-party data to act upon. And the acting upon part can be anything from simply um, putting that into a sales funnel whereby your sales organization is following up 
or it could be um, a hybrid, right, where where the data is being nurtured through perhaps a marketing automation platform. Um, typically, I think most of our clients are kind of trying to take a balanced approach where, where they're they're scoring the leads as they're coming in. And uh, depending on how they score, then they're deciding as to what kind of path they want to take internally, uh, internally is to support those accounts. That makes sense. So first things first. So um, I get we're, we're going to actually revisit the whole I'm going to give you a white paper and you basically help me find eyeballs for sure. it. But second of all, um, where where are all these people that want to look at my white paper? Where are you finding them? Sure. So. As part of the platform, um, the publisher side of the business is called RevResponse, uh, Rev as in revenue and response as in direct response. And so that, uh, that's the largest uh, B2B-specific publisher network and monetization platform on the web. And so the goal there is quite simply, we've developed an alternative for web publishers who are speaking to business professionals. Uh, an alternative way for them to do two things. Uh, one is to constantly inject their site and their various audience touch points with contextually relevant content. And two is to provide a revenue stream associated to that content. And so it's extremely common um, for any number of your listeners to actually be on a website, see a free ebook, see a white paper or a case study, and that's going to a form. Odds are we're powering that experience for that publisher. There's over 15,000 business, tech, and career oriented publishers actually on the platform working with us in this capacity on a daily basis. And um, it's quite cool in the sense that they're able to have a plug and play solution that allows them to instantly um, turn on an always on kind of fire hose of contextually relevant content for their users. And it's not just content, right? It's highly produced materials. It's not simply a web article. It's mm -hmm. always going to be some kind of packaged piece of content, whether that's an ebook. Um, a white paper, there's podcasts, there's webinars, there's on-demand events, there's even um, scheduling for future events. So there's a lot of like meaty material and sometimes even exclusively licensed materials that are made available to these publishers to drive their own audience engagement. And through all of these publishers promoting this content to their audience is how we are able to derive massive amounts of content consumption. And just putting that to numbers Last month, we processed in excess of 700,000 leads for our clients um, and reaching in excess of 125 million professionals, 125 million unique professionals on a monthly basis. Wow. So let me, so let me clarify. Tell me if I'm correct. Essentially, you have 15,000 websites out on the web that business professionals may go to. When people go to those different websites, then you guys are basically powering basically an ad on these websites that say, hey, you want to download this free ebook that may be of interest to you because you are at this website? Cool. Fill out this form and we'll send you the ebook. Correct. So we'll take it a step further and say that we typically don't like to secure ad real estate. Um, oh. More often than not, we're going after kind of native inline inclusions, um, definitely leaning heavily on editorial involvement from those publishers as well. And so... A cool capability of the platform, and I've, I'm yet to still come across anything else that allows you to do this, is that let's say you're writing an article about lead generation, um, which would be obviously really relevant for you, and you wanted to offer a free resource as you're closing up this article. Um, so in summary, you could have actually logged into RevResponse, did a quick, uh, quick keyword query on um, 
any reports or ebooks that are specifically speaking to lead gen. There'll be a number of them, I guarantee you. You pull the content, you inject that at the bottom of your post and say so. And be fully transparent. These are a number of free resources from vendors who are speaking on the topic. Um, we are actively you know, supporting them. They are sponsors of this post. And so you're providing great value-added resources to your audience, but in return also trying to generate some incremental revenue for yourself. And so that strategy can be used, whether it's on a web page, it could be used in email newsletters. It's quite common to see it done via social channels as well, LinkedIn groups too. Um, you name it. If you've got an audience touch point, there's generally a way that you could use us to further monetize those users. That makes sense. So Rev Response will pay, you will pay those people to put these white papers and stuff on their website. Correct. Wow. Correct. That's really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And so the, the um, coolest part about it, I think, is that in addition to the revenue model, it allows publishers to be in the position of having true editorial control over what kind of content gets featured to their audience. You cannot do that with any other, any other ad network on the web. You can't go into Google and say, I want to explicitly see the ads that you want to run in front of my users. There's no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it allows the, edit, the editor, or if there's no editor there, if it's simply um, you know, a, a multifunctional team, it allows people to be involved in, in their ownership of their users and what they feel is appropriate to share with them. And that's been something that's resonated quite well over time for us. That is super cool. Okay, so let's talk about the other side, the lead flow side, mm -hmm. where basically I have white papers or you said podcasts, like audio files, you mean? Sure. Right? Yep. Um, and basically I want, hey, I want as many eyeballs on these as possible. Please give me an email address or some other contact information for anybody who, who lands upon them. So tell me about that. Exactly. So what's happened in, inside NetLine over the past uh, probably two years is historically we were somewhat of like an invitation-only company whereby we would approach very large enterprise tech companies. We're usually talking about multi-billion dollar organizations to support their client, um, whether it's demand gen, uh, lead gen, or content marketing efforts. That said, we realized over time that we were leaving a lot of money on the table and ignoring businesses that really could leverage what we have to offer, but we weren't really set up to support them. And so over the past two years, we've invested a ton of time and energy in building out a self-service platform that realistically is appropriate for any business of any size. This has been exciting from my side um, in the sense that it's really cool to see a small business that we would have otherwise never even heard about um, because our sales team, quite honestly, can't cover every nuance of the entire world, um, come into the platform, create campaigns, generate high volume of leads that specifically match their requirements, and then consistently keep renewing. And so that's really exciting. Um, and so the platform is, as you would imagine, it's very similar to how you would build almost like a cost per click campaign with Google or Facebook but you're, you're structuring a content marketing campaign structured on a CPL-based business model. And so it starts off quite simply with you needing to create an account, just like you'd expect. Um, beyond that, then uh, you're going through and creating a campaign, just like you'd expect as well. Um, as you're creating the campaign, you're first uploading content. Um, so you would say, I want to promote this white paper, or I want to promote this case study, or this report. Um, by doing that, you are then taken to the next stage, which is filters. Um, the filters component realistically is what our special sauce is. 
Um, that allows you to explicitly target who you want to reach, but most importantly, only pay for exactly the users that not only get to see your content, but most importantly, have filled out the form that, that specifically match your criteria. So you can down to, uh, and I'll read off some of the nuances here, but you can target based on geographic region, um, so that's country, but we most recently also re rolled out state-level targeting within the U.S. Um, a job function, uh, job level, the company size, and also the industry of those organizations. And so all of those attributes are kind of distilled internally into filters, but then beyond that, they're layered in inside of an algorithmic stack, which basically looks at all of these different audience touch points that we have and said, if, these, if this user is going through our flow, um, does this user have a one-to-one -one match to our client's requirements that are set up on this campaign? And if so, this is a great asset or a great white paper to recommend to that user to consume. Um, the user obviously still has to request the content and fill out the form, but we're leveraging um, you know, big data and obviously leveraging some predictive technologies there to, to try to optimize that experience so that we're not showing content to users that A, is irrelevant because that's, that's just a terrible experience all around. But most importantly, we're not going to show content to users that won't yield a monetized lead, which means won't yield a good lead for our clients. And tell me what the lead looks like. Are we talking email address? Are we talking whatever I want? Yeah, so it's a lot more than email address. Um, the standard fields that we capture are pretty robust. And so every lead is receiving full name, email address, full postal, uh, the company name, the company size, the industry of that company, the job level of the person, the job function of that person. Um, I believe that's everything. How are you convincing people to give you all of that information <laughs> in their blood type for a white paper? Oh, I, uh, It's a question I always ask myself. I've been doing this for a while. Um, the forms are lengthy and it, they're aggressive, right? Um, there's no way around that, so I won't sugarcoat it. Um, that said, I think when you are able to hone in on that sweet spot of ideally matching the correct user with compelling content, users mm -hmm. are okay with filling out forms. Do they love it? No. You're human, right? At the end of the day, that's a lot of information to type in. But by doing a good job by our users and only showing them content that's really specifically matching their needs, content consumption behavior, and ideally um, their professional persona, we're in a position that we're not really showing them any garbage and we're not showing them stuff that they don't want to read or perhaps even know that they should read. Because um, sometimes, you know, as we all do, we sit at our desks, there's some topic that we've been thinking about for some time and maybe visited a few web pages and just have, have either not enough time to dig into it or perhaps, you know, downloaded something and didn't get around to it. Um, either way, you know, I, I think our, our platform's a great way to keep professionals educated and most importantly, in tune with what's going on in their industry. Wow. On the netline side, when I'm going through and I say, I want this white paper included in my article, et cetera, do I get to say only ask them for their email address or is it the same form regardless same. If, if I'm a netline guy? Yeah, it's wow. the same form. And so part of the reason why there, and I, I totally get your question, actually has come up a bit lately. Um, is that our platform's built for scale, uh, dramatic scale, right? So, apparently, fifteen thousand websites. Yeah, and and seven hundred thousand plus leads on a monthly basis. So we processed over thirty million leads thus far as a business. If we were starting to pivot, kind of custom forms, if you will, for every client or every campaign, mm. things become quite sloppy very quickly. 
Um, beyond that, though, there is the added benefit of, of filling all that information in once, is that once you've filled your form out, you technically have an account with us. Um, and it's very much uh, the same as, as what you'd expect from like a one-click type environment from Amazon. And that you come back to us, uh, so long as you're logged in, you can download as many other assets and reports and ebooks that you would like. They're all directly saved into what we call the My Library feature. Um, that's kind of like your personal archive or order history, if you will, of all content that you've consumed. And so that's been a really cool feature to see evolve over the past year or so in the sense that a lot of professionals actually are going back to the library and checking out content that they may have downloaded three months ago. And they probably lost mm -hmm. the confirmation email or they didn't save the file on their desktop. And so then they don't even know where to go get that file again. And so we've kind of built out a destination capability for them to keep that uh, top of mind. We're always reminding them that it's one click away and always on demand. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about costs. So for lead flow. So let's say I want to build my email list. My website is not getting any traffic. I'm a smaller business, but I've put my heart and soul into like some white papers. So I want to sign up for lead flow. I want to get some eyeballs on this amazing content. And I'm convinced that if people were to just read my white paper, then they're going to give me a phone call. Sure. So sure. what kind of what kind of cost am I looking at for cost per lead on that? Sure. So lead flow, I think the beauty of the product is it was priced explicitly with kind of your use case in mind is that the starting price is very low. It's nine bucks per lead. That said, by adding all of these additional filters, the CPL certainly climbs, right, based on, and it's simple math at this point, as you remove segments of the population that potentially could consume your content, the price climbs. Um, so as you introduce, let's say, a job function filter, that would probably make the order go up by $4 per lead. And the mm -hmm. same thing could be said if you introduce a job company or a company size filter or perhaps an industry filter. Where you settle into that mix largely depends on who you are as a company. You, every company knows their sweet spot, I believe, where they probably shouldn't be doing these kinds of tactics, right? So assuming that they know who they're trying to reach, you very early on in the process know of building your campaign, what the price per lead will be. And it's up to you to decide, you know, is that, is that appropriate to proceed with? If you're uncertain, you can actually you know, expand upon the filters or, or further refine them. And then beyond that, you've got the normal capabilities, which would allow you to, to really control um, your, your ultimate risk as a client. So if you're concerned about the overall commit, you can control it by two ways. You control it by budget commitment and say, I'm only comfortable spending $500 on this effort, or I'm only comfortable buying, let's say, 400 leads. Um, whatever you would like. It's realistically up to the client as to how they want to structure that. And so there's this very minimal risk uh, to, to kind of getting a program going and off the ground. Um, we have got a great support team behind the scenes as well. So they're always available if people have questions as they're building the campaign. Uh, okay. So what kind of, qual so I'm paying nine bucks a lead, let's say. What kind of quality control is there? Like, let's say I send that person an email and it bounces back. Do you offer any kind of guarantees on that? What if I just get a bunch of crap emails? So first of, it, first of all, before any of that, we've spent um, man, 20 plus years working on data integrity, right? So the, the core business model is performance-based, regardless of you being a small business user or some of our largest clients, which are enterprise publicly traded companies. They all have the same expectations, right? They, they're paying us to get quality data um, from users who've expressed intent by consuming their content. 
Um, so we spent a ton of effort around algorithmically identifying poorly structured data, poor syntax of data, incorrect data, bogus data, um, you name it. There's a ton of internal proprietary technology that we've developed that allows most of that to not ever find its way to a customer. That said, some of it certainly does. And so Leadflow is designed to even address that and that there's a, a 10% free overage that's always provided on every campaign. So, wow. So if you, if you were signing up and said that you want to buy, um, you're, you're on record for 100 leads, you're, gonna, you're going to receive 110. It's very, very rare that any time there's some situational issue where a bogus lead volume would exceed that amount. If so, then obviously we would request and, and expect our clients to report that to us. But um, yeah, we've designed the system in place to give a little bit of wiggle room and comfort to clients that for the occasional lead that does come through, it's the internet after all. There are some people out there that I still, after all these years, <laughs> it's of doing, the wild west. Yeah, after all yeah. these years of doing this, I still don't understand some people. Um, and so it does have that, that buffer there to protect the customer. That's really cool. Okay, so I get this contact information. Do I log into Leadflow and I have to kind of like import that into my Infusionsoft or something? Can I email these people? Can I call them? Can I do whatever I want with this lead information? Are they aware that I have their info and I can exploit it how I wish? Yeah, so we'll start in the beginning of your question. Okay, um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. You most certainly can log into Leadflow and pull the data. Um, you do have the option to receive kind of an email variant of that as well. Um, so the, the portal itself inside Leadflow allows you kind of real-time, always-on access to look at all of the leads that have been generated, and you can export them. Once they've been exported, you can then directly upload them into any Salesforce automation platform, marketing automation platform, or even a, um, a newsletter management platform, too, for various nurturing efforts. And so... Part of that could even be directly over to sales personnel. As part of Leadflow 2, before you even export the data, you do have a neat capability to actually score the leads before they've been received. So you could say that if a user is coming in with a job function of finance versus, let's say, HR, I'm going to associate an A-level rating to the finance, and I'm going to give perhaps HR a B. And by doing that, you're going to then see that in your reports um, and actually know that when you even export the leads to say, maybe the A ones, we don't want to just throw into the traditional nurturing funnel. We want to put that mm -hmm. over to a salesperson because we think that those are going to convert most importantly and most, most quickly for us. Behind the scenes, there could be ones that you say, um, these guys in the legal field, they're a C. And so I know they convert, but perhaps the legal industry just moves so slowly that they need more nurturing and they need more more education about our product too. And so we're going to drop that into an email flow and they're going to receive drip communications over the next three months before anyone at, in a human level interacts with these people. Taking, I think I addressed the first part there. The next step was, yes. was whether or not these users know that you're receiving the data. Yes, there's two ways that's covered. One is it's in our privacy policy. Um, through, on every single page of the site, which people most likely probably don't read, but it's there. But, but beyond <laughs> Thank that, you. Yeah, hey, just, just being honest. Um, so beyond that, um, every client has the capability to say whatever they would like. And so some organizations say, as part of downloading this white paper, you're also going to receive a free once-a-week email from us talking about X, Y, and Z. Or it could be, as part of downloading this ebook, 
you're also going to receive a wonderful phone call from a salesperson you know, to talk through our services. Mm-hmm. It really just comes down to messaging. And so I, I've, I've seen every possible nuance of that done over the years. We're typically managing at any given moment throughout the year. There's probably around 400 active campaigns with thousands of individual white papers and ebooks and case studies all being supported. So we, we see every possible creative implementation of that idea. Okay. So I think I, I know we're running out of time, but on the netline side, so I want that form on my website. Do I know? So like, would it not alienate my readers that if I gave them a free white paper and they were bombarded by XYZ companies phone calls, would that not really make my readers upset and if they'd never come back to my website? So you're talking about the response side. Um, Oh, sorry. Yes. So so from that side, that is certainly something that we share the concerns with our clients about treating people with respect. At the core, there's a lot of human and, and I would say common sense things that need to be done in this space. We have some clients who are hyper aggressive and will literally call the user 30 seconds after a white paper has been requested and acknowledge that, hey, how was that white paper? And it's like, it's a 40-page white paper. Of course they didn't read it it's yet. Free. They had no time because you just disrupted their day. And so we, we obviously are lecturing our clients about that. Most of our customers are really good in understanding that you've got to give people space. You've got to give people some breathing room to consume your content, put them into a very, very short nurturing funnel to say, Uh, Maybe two days later, they get an email saying, thanks for downloading that white paper. Here's another follow-up piece. And perhaps later this week, you'll you'll receive a phone call or an email from someone on our analyst team, on our sales team, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're kind of progressing the user through their own concerns and comfort with you because they most likely don't know you as a brand yet. And so... As simple as that sounds, you know, I think there's a lot of misuse of, of those things well beyond us as, you know, in the industry as a whole. I think these are things that uh, can always be done better. And so um, we try to share every best practice as possible with our customers. We obviously share any user or publisher frustrations uh, that we gather over time as well. Wow. Okay, so let me sum this up and then I'm going to let you tell everybody how to find out more. Basically, get I think most of our listeners are mostly interested in the lead flow portion because on Traffic and Leads podcast, we are constantly talking about building the email list, getting more leads, nurturing through email, and this is a perfect way to get some legit emails into your email list that will read your white paper. If you do a quality content, then obviously they're going to convert. Certain percentage will convert into something. This is a perfect way to build your email list. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. David, please tell us how to find out more about you. Yeah, the, the easiest way is uh, just go to leadflow.netline.com. Um, it's, it's all right there. It's super simple to get started and create your account. There's a ton of documentation if you have questions prior to creating an account. Um, if need be, you can always reach out to me directly as well. You can look for me on LinkedIn and or Twitter is probably the easiest way to find me. And I'll always respond as quickly as possible, usually within uh, the same couple minutes or so. But uh, yeah, leadflow.netline.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Of course. Today. Thank you.
There you have it, folks. I just gave you a hint on how to start building your email list. Nine bucks a lead, roughly, is pretty good, especially if you're not a master Facebook advertiser. This, this is an excellent opportunity. So this is One Click Lindsay with the Traffic and Leads podcast, and I will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.